0: Hey, everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com. Today, we are talking about solutions for technicians getting stuck in a career rut. This is episode 42 of the Humble Mechanic podcast and probably the longest title ever. In this episode, we are going back to February of 2015 and talking about a show kind of in response to another show that I had done about techs moving away from the dealerships and what I really felt kind of bad about is that I did this show talking about techs getting out of the business or moving from dealership to independent and I offered no solutions at all for the folks of us and me included at the time that didn't really have any interest in moving that were pretty happy or at least relatively happy at the dealership. So in this episode, we talk more about actionable things that you can do if you are stuck in your job, whether you're a technician, because obviously this was geared mostly towards technicians, but whether you were a technician or not. And I think it's important to follow these little tiny steps all the time, rather than waiting to you're in such a bad spot that it takes like severe heavy-duty rehab of your career in order to get out of this rut. It's sort of like cleaning a room a little bit at a time rather than spending your entire weekend trying to clean it up. Before we get into the show, I want to remind you guys, if you like the show, like the audio, like the video versions of these shows and everything we do on social media, check out the crew membership program. This is the best way to help support the show, hands down. But I didn't really build this for you to just support the show, right? I wanted this to be more value for you. So what I did was I set up a bunch of companies that give you guys discounts. You guys are the only ones that get these discounts from places like Black Forest Industries, EuroWise, s Automotive, Mycanic, Kerma TDI, Scanner Danner, Sonic Tools, and so many more. If you use these discounts, if you buy this stuff, you are probably gonna pay for your crew membership. A lot of you guys that are crew members are getting more money off than you're spending to join. So it's a great deal and I highly recommend you check it out, especially if you're buying stuff in these areas. If that's not your flavor, I do have a Patreon that you guys asked me to set up so you could check that out. Some cool stuff going on over there as well as my Amazon link. I do reviews. There's also recommended tool lists down at the bottom of every blog post and every audio podcast. You can check that out, some of the tools that I recommend on Amazon. And you can also buy whatever you're going to buy anyway, and they do give me a little bit of credit for that. That, my friends, is called an affiliate link. But the best part is is it doesn't cost you anything extra than you were going to spend anyway. All right, with all that wrapped up, let's talk about some solutions for getting stuck in a career rut
1: today we're going to be talking about something that sort of came up from a show i did a while back about my thoughts on technicians leaving the dealership and um you know it seemed to really strike a a nerve with you guys and uh it was (laughs) on the one side it was nice to know that you know i'm not the only one with this on my mind but then i felt like really bad because there's a lot of techs that seem to be sort of stuck in this weird weird spot and um and after reading all your comments, I felt like I really let you guys down, and I owe you an apology. So, uh, I'm sorry. And the reason I'm sorry is I did this entire show about all these things that are wrong or problems or or whatnot, and I offered absolutely no solutions, and that's not really the type of person that I am. It was really just me complaining uh, after going back and watching it, and I'm not that guy. So, today we're going to talk about solutions. What can we do? What, as technicians, can we do to overcome this feeling of, you know, we're stuck or we hate our job or, you know, there's nothing else we can do besides fix cars. These are my solutions to sort of get out of the funk of, you know, being stuck in a rut or whatever other cliche thing you want to say. First thing I'd like to do is all that negativity, all the things that we know and we see are wrong and problems with, you know, our dealerships, problems with our industry, problems with our customers. Take that and put it up here on the shelf. Just for this show, just put it to the side, all that negativity, because we're not going to worry about that right now. I know there's things that suck. Believe me, I know. But we're not going to get bogged down in that. We are going to get solutions today. Second thing, after we've shoved all that negativity, take a piece of paper and physically write down all the things that are awesome about your job. Um, it's actually something that I did. I'm, I'm pointing to my whiteboard, right? <laughs> you guys can't see it. Physically write them down. Um, you know, we when you get stuck in that negativity trap, it's easy to forget that there's a lot of really awesome stuff about being a tech that, you know, other industries don't understand. Other people just, they can't get it. So I got mine written down, and I'm going to download about six of them for you guys. So here we go. I have a four-day work week. I know not everybody does, but let me tell you how awesome having five days off in a row every three weeks is. Now, the days are long, but man, those days off are precious, precious, precious days off. Actually, today's one of them, so I love the four-day work week. I also got three weeks of vacation a year. That's huge huge. I worked at my last company for five or six years and I think only had like a week and a half. It was stupid. So three weeks vacation plus I only work four days a week. I think I figured it out one time and I could take like all but three Saturdays off in the year if I used all my time. So really, really awesome schedule. I have a ton of really great customers, people that have become friends of mine at this point. The type of people that, you know, if you told them they need a thousand dollars worth of work on their car and they had the money, they would do it with no question. Something you could never take advantage of because that's terrible, terrible, terrible business. But that type of person that trusts you wholeheartedly, knows you're there for them, knows you care about their car as much as they do. And the type of person that if you ever left the dealership they would be right along with you till your next place. And a lot of times those are the customers that bring you goodies when you work on their car. So uh, I know I've said it a million times, but if you're a customer, bribery works every time. Um, I'm paid really well. So there are days when I feel like I'm super underpaid. And then there's days like a couple of days ago where I flagged 25 hours and absolutely crushed the day. So, um, you know, it's part of that flat rate ride, but per hour, I'm paid pretty good. And I look back at some of the other jobs that I've had. And my previous job to this was in sporting goods retail. And I was a manager of you know three or four departments and it sounded like a really cool job. And I look back and I look at the time between the week before Thanksgiving and the week after Christmas. Not only was I there six days a week, but I was there 12, 13 hours a day. So I would average about 95 hours a week for that stretch of time no extra pay. Um, the <laughs> The compensation was in the form of an extra week's vacation that you never got to take because you know the store manager got to take his and you were pretty much at the bottom of the barrel. So I look back at that and I look at where I'm at now. I mean, I got paid like $27,000 a year, which I mean is better than nothing, but I make a heck of a lot more money than that now. So you know, I look back and all that hard work that I did then versus all the hard work that I do now, and the compensation is light years different. So, man, I feel for you guys that work in the retail environment. I know how much it can suck. So, uh, you know, that that level of suck is one of the reasons that I, I got the hell out of it. I can buy all the tools that I can afford. Um, <laughs> some of you guys that are married know what I'm talking about. You know, if if I need something for work, I buy it if I can afford it. Uh, I don't have to justify, you know, do I need this $50 tool? Because I do. It's part of my job. It's what I need to make money. It's what I need for my career, so I buy it. And that's awesome. And a lot of us technicians are, you know, kind of tool whores as it is. So uh, the opportunity to buy stuff, you know, sort of a, an open book to buy tools is, is a really awesome benefit of the job. I can work on my own car at the shop. I absolutely hate changing oil in my Passat. But I also absolutely hate paying someone else to do it. So, uh, you know, that's a really awesome thing that my shop has that we can work on our own cars. We can basically do what we need to do to maintain our vehicle. I mean, it's our mode of transportation. It's what we use to get to and from work. And I was reading something today about a dealership or a shop that made the technicians pay to work on their own cars. And uh, let me tell you how stupid that is. And if you are a dealership or a shop owner watching this and you make your techs pay you are wrong and you do not deserve to have a good technician. We also have air conditioning in the shop, which in the South is huge. You know, you guys up North may not care about that, but uh, air conditioning when it's 105 degrees with 95 to 100% humidity is amazing. Um, There's probably a ton more. Those are just like the five or six that I was thinking about while I was writing my notes. My point is with this is take a piece of paper and actually write down all of those things so that you can look at it and go, man, There's a lot of really cool stuff about this job. Next, I want you to set little tiny goals. This is something that I did very early in my career and it worked really well. It was just that little push to motivate me to do a little bit more, work a little bit harder. So it started out with, um, I think the Xbox 360 had just come out or one of the new video game systems. And I was like, man, I really want one. And um, I could afford it. I could just afford to go to the store and buy it if I wanted to, but I wanted to really feel like I earned it. So I set a goal. I said, the next time I hit 70 hours in a week, I'm gonna buy this Xbox or PlayStation or whatever it was. So I waited, I worked my butt off, and that first week I hit 70 hours, I went to the store and I bought myself an Xbox. And it felt really good. It felt good that I knew that I could afford it, but I worked a little bit harder because it was extra, because it was fun, and I got an Xbox. So, you know, that's always really, really awesome. So set those little tiny goals week to week, but also you want to look long term, you know, where are you going to be at in three years? What do you want to do in three years? In three years, do you want to buy a house? In three years, do you want to buy a new car? So if you set that weekly goal, okay, I'm going to buy an Xbox when I hit 70 hours. I'm going to also buy a new, you know, whatever new car at three years. So you have that focus, that goal in order to keep pushing through you always have to remember that no one really should be motivating you other than you because no one cares as much as you do. No one cares as much about your career. No one cares as much about your paycheck. No one cares as much about the job that you do as you do. And that's really important to remember. You know, I know managers and service managers and general managers of dealerships care about the bottom line and all that plays into it but for you personally, you are the one that's going to care about you the most, which brings me to my next point. You need to focus on you. You need to worry about what you need at your job. You also need to know how can you get better. So uh, a big concern I, I read about is guys concerned about warranty times, which warranty times, basically, if you're good, you make the time that the job pays on flat rate. So look at what you're doing under warranty. Are you doing all the steps that you need to do? Are your stories good? Can you write a better story and get paid a little bit more? There are always ways to, I don't want to say manipulate, but use the system to your advantage. That was a skill I developed very early on in my career that I could write a story and it was all factual, but I would go just a little bit further than anyone else would to write a proper story. And I always got paid more for it. So do those little things like... Analyze what's going on with your warranty time. Are you doing all the steps? Are you looking over cars properly? Are you checking the brakes, belts, hoses, and tires on every single car that you work on? Most dealerships make you do it anyway. It's part of the process. But if you're not, you could be missing out. You can miss a really important safety thing or, you know, a customer that's got a torn wiper blade. That may not be a big deal, but... It's something else. It's something to build your credibility. It's something to go to a customer and say, hey, you have a torn wiper blade. Would you like me to replace that for you? Always be thinking how you can tweak your game. How can you fine-tune your game? And it can be something as simple as, You know, instead of pulling the car right in the shop, you swing it around the building twice. Instead of waiting to set the uh, maintenance reminder, reset the maintenance reminder, you do it right when you get in the car before it comes in the shop. That's something that I do because I know undoubtedly I will forget to reset it if I don't do it immediately. So think, how can I tweak my game? How can I just, you know, if you're at nine, how can I go to 9.01? Because that's better, that's you getting better. And that feels good, it feels good to improve. You can also do like really seemingly dumb things but I'm telling you they help the one that I always do and I'm surprised no one at the shop has figured this out anytime like I'm in a really bad spot I rearrange my toolbox or I clean it or I throw a bunch of stuff away it's sort of that refresh it's like spring cleaning you you organize your stuff and then you shift it around a little bit you know especially the things you don't use every day because we definitely don't want to affect our efficiency but let's say you have a drawer of wires What if you organize those wires? Let's say you have a drawer of tools you use when a bolt breaks or you need your rethread kits. Shift that stuff around because it's not something you use every day. It feels good to put your hands on the stuff you've purchased, but maybe don't use every day. Go through all your old parts. I got a bottom drawer of my toolbox. Heck, the bottom drawer of this toolbox right here is full of Volkswagen parts. Go through it and look at it and see, you know, is there anything I don't need? Or man, I'm never going to throw this stuff away because the day I do, someone will need it it sort of switches your brain from all this negativity to focusing on one task and completing the task. And that feels good. It feels good to finish a task. Think about that big job, that last big job that you had, you know, whether it was gravy work and you hustled through it, or it was a really crappy thing like rebuilding a transmission or replacing an engine under warranty. When you were done, even if the job was bad, there's a sense of satisfaction. Try and Harness that and embrace it and use that in other portions of your daily routine So that's one thing that cleaning your toolbox. It helps it's something. I wish I did more of. Also, never forget that there's gonna be a time where it's time to leave You know, we talked about all this really positive stuff and all these things that you can do to, you know Get your brain back on the right track but um, but there's a time where it's going to be time to leave. And, you know, it, it may be going to an aftermarket shop. It may be trying to get a job in the corporate office or as a QTM or as a product engineer or as a product analysis person or, um, you know, I, I don't know. There, I said in the last show, I didn't know what the next step is and I still don't know. I don't know what my next step is. I surely can't know what your next step is. But what might be a really good idea is just like you wrote down all the things that are really awesome about your job, write down a bunch of things that if, if the world were perfect and I could wave a magic wand for you and say, hey, Joe, I'm going to wave this wand for you, and you can have whatever you want. Just tell me what it would look like. Write it down, and then maybe work towards it. Or go, you know, after you write it down, you might look at it and go, wow, that's really dumb, and I would hate that. Uh, early on, I loved the idea of being a QTM, which is like a regional technical guy, and the more i look at it i'm like wow do i really want to do that it's a lot of travel you know you're dealing with the worst of the worst of the worst but i also have flat rate completely on my mind so i'm thinking of these in the world of also earning a paycheck on flat rate and those two worlds aren't the same world so maybe a qtm would be a next great step so after you've written down all the things that are really awesome about your job, write down all the things that, in a again, in a perfect world, you would want to see. And remember, if it's time to go, it's time to go, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Sure, people are going to be mad at you. Sure, people are going to be let down. People are going to feel like you know you you were such a good part of the team that you, they hate that you're gone. But you got to do what's right for you. Again, no one cares as much about you as you do. Now, whether that's going to another dealership, another brand, an aftermarket shop, sometimes that little bit of change is really important and really does help. Don't get caught up in the fact that the next place you go is going to be perfect because you know that old, again, cliche uh, about the grass being greener on the other side? Well, you know, it's just a different brand of fertilizer if if, uh, you get what I'm saying. So every job has problems. Even owning your own business has a ton of challenges. And I think anybody that runs their own business will be more than happy to tell you, it's hard. It's not like being an employee. It's different. But there's a satisfaction that you won't get being an employee. I guess what it all boils down to in the day-to-day, try and push out the noise of what's going on around you. Try and push out the noise of the idiot next door to you that can't diagnose a car for anything. Or, you know, the service manager yelling at you because, you know, your hours are down by 1%, which is completely irrelevant. Push all that aside, focus on you, focus on you getting better, focus on you learning. All the rest of the pieces are gonna fall into place. All right guys, I think I'm gonna wrap it up there. I feel like I've kind of downloaded a bunch of solutions for you guys, so here's what I'd like from you. Post your solutions in the comments section below. Heck, if it makes you feel any better, Put all those awesome things about your job in the comments. I know I said put it on a piece of paper, but hey, writing it on the internet's the same thing, isn't it? But that can help all of us sort of see what is out there and what's going on, and you know, my struggle may look like someone else's no big deal, and my no big deal maybe something that someone else is struggling with all right
0: so good stuff i hope that gives you guys not only some actionable things that you can legit do right now to help your situation in your job but i hope it gives you some motivation and some comfort that most of us do go through this from time to time some some live it while others of us you know tend tend to have really highs and really lows in our career so i hope it gives you some motivation to know that you're not alone and some things that you can do to get through maybe some of those dark, dark times. I mean, this is kind of a heavy topic for uh, for an automotive podcast, but I think it's important because we do get stuck in these ruts. Remember, if you want to support the show, all those ways I talked about at the front, as well as hit the share button, share it with your friends, family, whoever, if they are car folks, they'll probably find an episode or two that they like. The other thing you guys can do for me, and I really do appreciate that, is head over to wherever you're listening to the podcast, on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever, and leave it a review. If you think it's worth five stars, five stars, five cupcakes, five diamonds, whatever the rating system is, leave that. If you don't think it's worth that, that's really cool with me too. just put down what you think it's worth. And I appreciate you taking time out of your super busy day, super busy life to hang out with me as well as to do those small little things that really do help the show and the community grow. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.